Chapter 23, Part 1 of Principles of Geology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Principles of Geology by Charles Lyell. Chapter 23, Part 1 Volcanic District of Naples history of the volcanic eruptions in the district round naples early convulsions in the island of ischia numerous cones thrown up there lake avernus the solfatara renewal of the eruptions of vesuvius a d seventy nine pliny's description of the phenomena his silence respecting the destruction of herculaneum and pompeii subsequent history of vesuvius lava discharged in ischia in thirteen o two pause in the eruptions of vesuvius monte nuovo thrown up uniformity of the volcanic operations of vesuvius and phlegraean fields in ancient and modern times i shall next give a sketch of the history of some of the volcanic vents dispersed throughout the great regions before described and consider the composition and arrangement of their lavas and ejected matter the only volcanic region known to the ancients was that of the mediterranean and even of this they have transmitted to us very imperfect records relating to the eruptions of the three principal districts namely that round naples that of sicily and its isles and that of the grecian archipelago by far the most connected series of records throughout a long period relates to the first of these provinces and these cannot be too attentively considered as much historical information is indispensable in order to enable us to obtain a clear view of the connection and alternate mode of action of the different vents in a single volcanic group early convulsions in the island of ischia the neapolitan volcanoes extend from vesuvius through the phlegraean fields to procida and ischia in a somewhat linear arrangement ranging from the northeast to the southwest as will be seen in the annexed map of the volcanic district of naples within the space above limited the volcanic force is sometimes developed in single eruptions from a considerable number of irregularly scattered points but a great part of its action has been confined to one principal and habitual vent vesuvius or somma before the christian era from the remotest periods of which we have any tradition this principal vent was in a state of inactivity but terrific convulsions then took place from time to time in ischia pithacusa and seem to have extended to the neighboring isle of procida prochita for strabo mentions a story of procida having been torn asunder from ischia and pliny derives its name from its having been poured forth by an eruption from ischia the present circumference of ischia along the water's edge is eighteen miles its length from west to east about five and its breadth from north to south three miles several greek colonies which settled there before the christian era 
were compelled to abandon it in consequence of the violence of the eruptions first the erythrians and afterwards the chalcidians are mentioned as having been driven out by earthquakes and igneous exhalations a colony was afterwards established by hiero king of syracuse about three hundred eighty years before the christian era but when they had built a fortress they were compelled by an eruption to fly and never again returned strabo tells us that timaeus recorded a tradition that a little before his time ipomias the principal mountain in the centre of the island vomited fire during great earthquakes that the land between it and the coast had ejected much fiery matter which flowed into the sea and that the sea receded for the distance of three stadia and then returning overflowed the island this eruption is supposed by some to have been that which formed the crater of monte corvo on one of the higher flanks of epomio above foria the lava current of which may still be traced by aid of the scorie on its surface from the crater to the sea to one of the subsequent eruptions in the lower parts of the isle which caused the expulsion of the first greek colony monte rotaro has been attributed and it bears every mark of recent origin the cone which i examined in eighteen twenty eight is remarkably perfect and has a crater on its summit precisely resembling that of monte nuovo near naples but the hill is larger and resembles some of the more considerable cones of single eruption near clermont in auvergne and like some of them it has given vent to a lava stream at its base instead of its summit a small ravine swept out by a torrent exposes the structure of the cone which is composed of innumerable inclined and slightly undulating layers of pumice scorie white lapilli and enormous angular blocks of trachyte these last have evidently been thrown out by violent explosions like those which in eighteen twenty two launched from vesuvius a mass of ogitic lava of many tons weight to the distance of three miles which fell in the garden of prince ottojano the cone of rotaro is covered with the arbutus and other beautiful evergreens such is the strength of the virgin soil that the shrubs have become almost arborescent and the growth of some of the smaller wild plants has been so vigorous that botanists have scarcely been able to recognize the species the eruption which dislodged the syracusan colony is supposed to have given rise to that mighty current which forms the promontory of zaro and caruso the surface of these lavas is still very arid and bristling and is covered with black scoriae so that it is not without great labor that human industry has redeemed some small spots and converted them into vineyards upon the produce of these vineyards the population of the island is almost entirely supported it amounted when i was there in eighteen twenty eight to about twenty five thousand and was on the increase from the date of the great eruption last alluded to down to our own time ischia has enjoyed tranquillity 
with the exception of one emission of lava hereafter to be described which although it occasioned much local damage does not appear to have devastated the whole country in the manner of more ancient explosions there are upon the whole on different parts of epomio or scattered through the lower tracts of ischia twelve considerable volcanic cones which have been thrown up since the island was raised above the surface of the deep and many streams of lava may have flowed like that of arso in thirteen o two without cones having been produced so that this island may for ages before the period of the remotest traditions have served as a safety valve to the whole terra de lavoro while the fires of vesuvius were dormant lake avernus it seems also clear that avernus a circular lake near puzzuoli about half a mile in diameter which is now a salubrious and cheerful spot once exhaled mephitic vapors such as are often emitted by craters after eruptions there is no reason for discrediting the account of lucretius that birds could not fly over it without being stifled although they may now frequent it uninjured there must have been a time when this crater was in action and for many centuries afterwards it may have deserved the appellation of atrigaunaditis emitting perhaps gases as destructive of animal life as those suffocating vapors given out by lake kilotoa in quito in seventeen ninety seven by which whole herds of cattle on its shores were killed or as those deleterious emanations which annihilated all the cattle in the island of lancerote one of the canaries in seventeen thirty Bory st vincent mentions that in the same isle birds fell lifeless to the ground and sir william hamilton informs us that he picked up dead birds on vesuvius during an eruption solfatara the solfatara near puzzuoli which may be considered as a nearly extinguished crater appears by the accounts of strabo and others to have been before the christian era in very much the same state as at present giving vent continually to aqueous vapour together with sulphurous and muriatic acid gases like those evolved by vesuvius ancient history of vesuvius such then were the points where the subterranean fires obtained vent from the earliest period to which tradition reaches back down to the first century of the christian era but we then arrive at a crisis in the volcanic action of this district one of the most interesting events witnessed by man during the brief period throughout which he has observed the physical changes on the earth's surface from the first colonization of southern italy by the greeks vesuvius afforded no other indications of its volcanic character than such as the naturalist might infer from the analogy of its structure to other volcanoes these were recognized by strabo but pliny did not include the mountain in his list of active vents the ancient cone was of a very regular form terminating not as at present in two peaks but with a summit which presented when seen from a distance the even outline of an abruptly truncated cone on the summit as we learn from plutarch 
there was a crater with steep cliffs and having its interior overgrown with wild vines and with a sterile plain at the bottom on the exterior the flanks of the mountain were clothed with fertile fields richly cultivated and at its base were the populous cities of herculaneum and pompeii but the scene of repose was at length doomed to cease and the volcanic fire was recalled to the main channel which at some former unknown period had given passage to repeated streams of melted lava sand and scoriae renewal of its eruptions the first symptom of the revival of the energies of this volcano was the occurrence of an earthquake in the year sixty three after christ which did considerable injury to the cities in its vicinity from that time to the year seventy nine slight shocks were frequent and in the month of august of that year they became more numerous and violent till they ended at length in an eruption the elder pliny who commanded the roman fleet was then stationed at misenum and in his anxiety to obtain a near view of the phenomena he lost his life being suffocated by sulphurous vapours his nephew the younger pliny remained at misenum and has given us in his letters a lively description of the awful scene a dense column of vapour was first seen rising vertically from vesuvius and then spreading itself out laterally so that its upper portion resembled the head and its lower the trunk of the pine which characterizes the italian landscape this black cloud was pierced occasionally by flashes of fire as vivid as lightning succeeded by darkness more profound than night ashes fell even upon the ships at misenum and caused a shoal in one part of the sea the ground rocked and the sea receded from the shores so that many marine animals were seen on the dry sand the appearances above described agree perfectly with those witnessed in more recent eruptions especially those of monte nuovo in fifteen thirty eight and of vesuvius in eighteen twenty two the younger pliny although giving a circumstantial detail of so many physical facts and describing the eruption and earthquake and the shower of ashes which fell at stabiae makes no allusion to the sudden overwhelming of two large and populous cities herculaneum and pompeii in explanation of this omission it has been suggested that his chief object was simply to give tacitus a full account of the particulars of his uncle's death it is worthy however of remark that had the buried cities never been discovered the accounts transmitted to us of their tragical end might well have been discredited by the majority so vague and general are the narratives or so long subsequent to the event tacitus the friend and contemporary of pliny when adverting in general terms to the convulsions says merely that cities were consumed or buried suetonius although he alludes to the eruption incidentally is silent as to the cities they are mentioned by marshall in an epigram as immersed in cinders but the first historian who alludes to them by name is dion cassius 
who flourished about a century and a half after Pliny. He appears to have derived his information from the traditions of the inhabitants, and to have recorded without discrimination all the facts and fables which he could collect. He tells us that during the eruption a multitude of men of superhuman stature, resembling giants, appeared, sometimes on the mountain and sometimes in the environs, that stones and smoke were thrown out, the sun was hidden, and then the giants seemed to rise again, while the sounds of trumpets were heard, etc., etc., and finally, he relates, two entire cities, Herculaneum and Pompeii, were buried under showers of ashes, while all the people were sitting in the theatre. That many of these circumstances were invented would have been obvious even without the aid of Pliny's letters, and the examination of Herculaneum and Pompeii enables us to prove that none of the people were destroyed in the theatres, and indeed that there were very few of the inhabitants who did not escape from both cities. Yet some lives were lost, and there was ample foundation for the tale in its most essential particulars. It does not appear that in the year 79 any lava flowed from Vesuvius. The ejected substances, perhaps, consisted entirely of lapilli, sand, and fragments of older lava, as when Monte Nuovo was thrown up in 1538. The first era at which we have authentic accounts of the flowing of a stream of lava is the year 1036, which is the seventh eruption from the revival of the fires of the volcano. A few years afterwards, in 1049, another eruption is mentioned, and another in 1138 or 1139, after which a great pause ensued of 168 years. During this long interval of repose, two minor vents opened at distant points. First, it is on tradition that an eruption took place from the Solfatara in the year 1198, during the reign of Frederick II, Emperor of Germany, and although no circumstantial detail of the event has reached us from those dark ages, we may receive the fact without hesitation. Nothing more, however, can be attributed to this eruption, as Mr. Scrope observes, than the discharge of a light and scoriform trachytic lava of recent aspect resting upon the strata of loose tuff which covers the principal mass of trachyte. Volcanic Eruption in Ischia, 1302 The other occurrence is well authenticated. The eruption in the year 1302 of a lava stream from a new vent on the southeast end of the island of Ischia. During part of 1301, earthquakes had succeeded one another with fearful rapidity, and they terminated at last with the discharge of a lava stream from a point named the Campo del Arso, not far from the town of Ischia. This lava ran quite down to the sea, a distance of about two miles. In color it varies from iron-gray to reddish-black, and is remarkable for the glassy felspar which it contains. Its surface is almost as sterile, after a period of five centuries, as if it had cooled down yesterday. 
a few scantlings of wild thyme and two or three other dwarfish plants alone appear in the interstices of the scoriae while the vesuvian lava of seventeen sixty seven is already covered with a luxuriant vegetation pontanus whose country house was burnt and overwhelmed describes the dreadful scene as having lasted two months many houses were swallowed up and a partial emigration of the inhabitants followed this eruption produced no cone but only a slight depression hardly deserving the name of a crater where heaps of black and red scoriae lie scattered around until this eruption ischia is generally believed to have enjoyed an interval of rest for about seventeen centuries but julius obsequens who flourished a d two fourteen refers to some volcanic convulsions in the year six sixty two after the building of rome ninety one b c as pliny who lived a century before obsequens does not enumerate this among other volcanic eruptions the statement of the latter author is supposed to have been erroneous that it would be more consistent for reasons before stated to disregard the silence of pliny and to conclude that some kind of subterranean commotion probably of no great violence happened at the period alluded to history of vesuvius after eleven thirty eight to return to vesuvius the next eruption occurred in thirteen o six between which era and sixteen thirty one there was only one other in fifteen hundred and that a slight one it has been remarked that throughout this period etna was in a state of such unusual activity as to lend countenance to the idea that the great sicilian volcano may sometimes serve as a channel of discharge to elastic fluids and lava that would otherwise rise to the vents in campania End of chapter twenty three part one recording by linda johnson